You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin, for your support of The Coffee Hour. You can find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Joining me in studio today, one of our very, very loyal listeners and friends. We've talked to you several times, Joyce Erber, serving the Lord in Africa, located in Ghana. Ghana, Kra Ghana. Yeah, and you're back on a reconnect this time. And so we get to talk to you about a lot of things because I don't think it has been a while since we've had you in studio to talk about stuff. You haven't been back on a reconnect since before pandemic. So a lot of stuff has happened since then. And I'm really excited to be able to chat with you today. You have a lot of experience and a lot of stories to tell. So this is very exciting. First, for people who maybe don't know your story, tell me about what you do in Ghana, your role and how you serve. I'm the regional business manager for Africa. So my job, I'm an accountant and I work with our missionaries, expense reports, all our projects throughout Africa. My husband, though, is a theological educator. He serves out at the seminary in Ghana, training pastors, but also training in other kind of theological education programs throughout Ghana. And there's an online master's program with Concordia Seminary that he's also involved with. So a lot of different things going on and opportunities for us to serve in Ghana. Absolutely. What is the relationship like with the church in Ghana? Since your husband's a theological educator, what does that relationship look like with you guys as missionaries? Well, he works quite closely with the seminary administration there. And so we do feel like they're our, our closest colleagues. And we attend a church, even though my husband's not the pastor of that church. Of course, he preaches there and... Other things were were really quite involved there. I'm involved with their women's fellowship. And today I'm wearing actually their uniform in West Africa. If you're part of a group, what they like to do is they have a cloth made that's specific to their group. And usually they put something about the group on the cloth. So the one I'm wearing today has the Luther seal on it, but also says Evangelical Lutheran Women's Fellowship Ghana. And then the logo, which I think is also true for the LWML here, Mm -hmm. Serve the Lord with Gladness, is also on the cloth. And then Serve the Lord with Gladness, I always get such a kick out of how they use that phrase because they, at the beginning, to get people's attention, to get them to quiet down, someone will yell, Serve the Lord! And everybody (laughs) responds, With Gladness! And it's even become like a little greeting. If you go up to another lady at one of these events, you say to her, Serve the Lord, and she'll say back to you with gladness. Or like, you know, the Easter greeting, you know, he has risen. He has risen indeed. It's sort of like that kind of a little greeting back and forth. So anyway, so it's been wonderful to be part of these ladies for me, to be part of their group. And I think it's something that uh, really unites our church body. Mm -hmm. The the fellowship uh, leadership, they visit a different congregation every Sunday. Wow, and so and uh, they they have a schedule and they know which congregation is going to be next on the list for them to, to kind of encourage them their group. And just recently, we had a big convention in Tamale, Ghana, and it, it was scheduled several years ago to be in Tamale this year. But there was a lot of flooding up there, and so the LCMS disaster response actually gave a grant to help with the the communities affected by the flooding. This flooding, they had just done their peanut harvest. And the way they do their harvest of the peanuts is that everybody in that little community will gather together each farm 
everybody will do the harvest and then the harvest is is sitting out there in the fields and then they go on to the next house and they all help each other with their harvest. But the problem with the FUD that was so devastating is all their peanuts were sitting out yet in their <gasps> fields when the flood hit. Oh, no. And they, everybody, a lot of communities left, lost their whole peanut harvest. And it was hard on roads, washed roads, culverts out. It was, and these houses were mud houses. So the water just kind of went up the walls and then the wall, houses collapsed. Oh. It was devastating to these communities. So, this women's fellowship um, convention that they'd already planned in Tomale, there were seven communities who came to that convention who had been affected, and and because of the disaster grant, we were they were that the ELCG had requested, they were able to buy all kinds of foodstuffs because people they they lost everything, their houses, they were able to bring all these foodstuffs, and then at the after the convention, then they divided it up, and these ladies then took it back to their communities. And so uh, they're hard workers, the the Women's Fellowship. It's like I shared, they visit congregations every single week. They're involved in some of this relief work and encouraging each other. And I think they are an integral, you know, foundational to our, our church there in Ghana. Yeah. So it's the Evangelical Lutheran Women's Fellowship yes. in Ghana. How long have you been a part of this group? Well, they don't not let you be part of the group. <laughs> if you go to church there, you're part of the group. You know, they just, I don't think they ever ask or invite you necessarily. We lived in Nigeria for 25 years before we moved to Ghana. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I felt they did there with their women's fellowship that was really intentional and very helpful is they actually had small groups. Mm-hmm. They divided up the women's fellowship into individual little groups. And then when a woman our family what um, became members or started to attend there, they would assign you to a group. Ah, and then what's was neat, you know, if if you're not in church, your group knew it, and they were going to call <laughs> you. Everything okay? But they prayed for you, and they they really did made an intentional effort to get to know you, to include you, so that you felt right away that you belonged. Mm-hmm. And I always felt that that was also a very nice function of the Women's Fellowship. You had friends right away. Yeah. People who would come and talk to you at church. And so this Women's Fellowship is really great. And I was just like the LWML here with LCMS, you know, that does so many wonderful things, missionary outreach and Mm -hmm. great organization and planning and work that they, projects they accomplish. So, yeah. How, How large of a group is it? Do you know? I can't really say. I'm afraid... I think, though, that for the the convention that we had, I think it was about 500 ladies oh, wow. all together who came. And it was a what was especially when we watched them load up their the food items, right. you know, was kind of concerning because they were really, you know, they put the food up on the top of them. They were saying corn and a different thing they were taking back and they were saying corn and just thing they were taking back. And there was some concern, you know, just whether they're going to be able to carry all that. Also, the women from the South brought up clothing items. Oh, wow. And I was, they, they asked us to bring clothing items. And I took some things into church. And I was a little embarrassed. So I felt like I had so much. When I got there, oh, it wasn't anything compared to what everybody <laughs> else had brought. And that was really also very helpful because, again, people had really lost a lot in yeah. the flood. So, so it wasn't just stuff from the LCMS disaster response, but the the church itself tried to send and bring as many things as they possibly could. Mm-hmm. 
What kind of needs is this women's group able to meet? What are some of those needs of the communities in Ghana around where you are? Well, I think that one of the things that's hard for our Lutherans in Ghana and West Africa is that prosperity gospel is so strong Mm. there. And just Bible study and getting into God's word and understanding what God's word says about that, that we are, you know, are under the cross, theology of the cross, there is going to be suffering. So when women are suffering, how do you, how do you explain that? How Mm -hmm. do you understand how God is working? And I think this is where the women give each other a lot of comfort. People come to pray with them and to look at God, what is God's word? Even the women themselves, if they can, their pastor can come and be part of these visits, but to try to understand how do we understand suffering? Mm. And it's hard. I think women sometimes experience suffering in a little different way, and it's hard to see you know, sickness. There's a lot of sickness in Africa and people in the hospital and poor medical care. Mm-hmm. And how do you navigate all of that? I think women sort of supporting each other and understanding that the God does work through that. And our real hope is salvation through Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and knowing that we have that joy and victory despite the suffering we, we experience here on earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What kinds of relationships have you been able to build through this? Who are some of the women that you know through this Lutheran's, Lutheran Women's Group? Well, the the leadership, they're just amazing. I just admire these the women who are the, the leaders of this group, especially when we were there in Tomale. You know, they had to be so concerned for each group and not show any kind of favoritism per se. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, and we, tr- we were also trying to say, well, we're willing to help, but you guide us, you know, what, what is helpful. You know, we don't want to give some help and find out, well, that isn't, wasn't helpful at all. And so some of the, the women who are actual leaders are who I really admire and I feel are actually role models for me. And for me to watch and see what's appropriate and what's not, how do you respond? And the other thing that's so neat to me is their sense of humor. And they're always <laughs> joking and kidding with each other. And it's fun. It's not all serious. It, mm-hmm. They have a lot of fun, know how to have fun. And the other thing that's sort of a part of our culture in Ghana is dancing. Oh. So there's always going to be dancing. And so when we had this convention, these women who had lost everything when we were at convention, they all did their dancing, and it was just giving them some joy, mm-hmm. some hope to, when they've just been through such a hard time to spend that time together singing hymns and, and worshiping God together was really, really helpful to them. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'd have to say that I, I do really admire the, the leadership, their commitment and how they love the women around them. They're a role model for me. Yeah, yeah. We have more to talk about with Joyce Erber serving the Lord in Africa, in Ghana. We need to take a quick break. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others. To live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world. To live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live Uncommon. 
Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. Joining me in studio today is Joyce Erber, serving the Lord in Ghana as a missionary. And you've been telling us a wonderful story about this Lutheran uh, women's group in Ghana, all of the wonderful things that you're able to do. Now, let's talk a little bit more about your role uh, as business manager. Is that right? Your regional yes. business manager. Yes. What does that look like for you on a day-to-day basis? Well, uh, we have our field office is actually in Kenya. Ah. And if my husband wasn't a theological educator in Ghana, I would probably be living in Kenya. <laughs> but there's some advantages to living in Ghana in that uh, there's a lot of things happening in Kenya that when I get up in the morning, my inbox has stuff from Kenya because they're three hours later. So they've already done half a day's work. Oh. So I can kind of then work on you know, approving payments. I, I approve all the payments that go out for various things. And then after lunch, I start hearing from St. Louis. <laughs> so it <laughs> works out. It works out really well. And so, you know, especially I, I make sure that the missionaries have what they need. When they're first deployed, there's a lot of, of setting up their housing, mm. their rent. They need to buy a car, teaching them how to do their expense reports, immigration, Immigration always seems to be an ongoing thing, and every country is different in how they do immigration. We're fortunate that Kenya does have taxes. We All of our missionaries have to pay local income tax. LCMS pays for that through their NSM accounts. But still, we have to make sure their taxes get paid. <laughs> and so Kenya sort of challenging that way. But you have to stay on top of it and make sure that we're in, com- we're in compliance mm-hmm. with each of these countries. And each of their laws is di- are different mm-hmm. than what they, they want for compliance, for immigration, for taxes, just so that we're not, don't find ourselves in trouble unintentionally because we, we didn't, weren't in compliance with a law. We have this field office in Kenya, which also means we have to be in compliance with employee labor laws because we do have Kenyan employees in our office. So trying to stay on top of that is always an ongoing challenge. Yeah, that's a lot of behind-the-scenes work that we don't always talk about, but is critical to these missionaries being able to do the work that they do to to share the gospel in Africa. So it's wonderful that, that you have the skill set to do these things with with love and grace for all of these missionaries, which is just wonderful. Tell us, we're going to get to Christmas in just a second, but what is kind of the, the culture like for you living in Ghana? What does your, your day-to-day look like with uh, living in Africa? How you get around? Do you have favorite food? I need to, I've, I've, we've probably talked about this before, but I'm, I'm really curious. Well, we do eat, because I think when we lived in Nigeria for so long, we got to really enjoy African food. And I'm afraid I haven't made the switch to Ghanaian food as well as the Nigerian, though they still have the same ingredients. But one of our favorites is plantains, the green plantains. We The ripe ones, you tend to fry them, mm-hmm. which is great, but they're, you know, all the sugar and the, the oil, that's not so good for you. But we like the, the green plantains, unripe ones that we put black-eyed peas over them, or, we, or what they call porridge. That was sort of a funny word to me. Porridge you think of as oatmeal. Yeah. But their porridge is anything you take like plantains or potatoes and make like a stew out of it. And they call that porridge. So I with plantains, I'll put that with beef and onions and then put like a can of tomato paste and mix it all up. And that's plantain porridge. It's Ooh. an easy meal, but we love plantain porridge. We love 
plantains with beans. Then there's a tuber called yam. It's not like our sweet potato. And that, but you can get sweet potatoes in Ghana, which I, I do those too. And so we cut that up and there's various sauces to put over the yam. So we still eat American food like spaghetti and, <laughs> and things like that too. That's very, actually very prevalent there. I've been surprised Tara, anywhere you go, you can find spaghetti noodles. I'm not exactly sure what everybody does with them if they're making spaghetti like we do, <laughs> but you can buy spaghetti noodles different places. But those are, and the, 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 Ripe plantains, they roast them on the side of the road like it roasted corn, but it's roasted mm. ripe plantains. And those are just like roasted marshmallows. I mean, they're oh. sweet, you know, but they're roasted. Yeah. And then you eat them with peanuts. And the t- they make a great lunch. If you're on the side of the road and they, you see a place, that's what we have for lunch. Roasted plantains and peanuts is our lunch. That sounds really good. <laughs> it is really. I, I, I was just thinking about it, I'm like, Ooh. oh, no. Now we're hungry. Wait I get back for, for that for lunch. <laughs> so how long have you been serving in Ghana? Because you've been in a couple places. But how long have you been in Ghana? We we transitioned. We came from Nigeria and we, we stopped living in Nigeria in 2012. And then we spent okay. a year sort of here in the States building our NSN network. Mm-hmm. So that was sort of the, we had been on the LCMS budget for a lot of years. And then we moved over to being NSN missionaries, which has been great. So we didn't really start living in Ghana until 2013. So this okay. is 10 years now. Wow. It seems like it's gone really fast. Yeah. To have been in Ghana now 10 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's NSM is the network support model. So that's just the model that the, the fundraising, the funding model that all of the missionaries are on. Yes. And now. it's been yep. very effective. Good. And especially as business manager, I, I, I don't know how we could do anything other than this. It's worked really well. That's fantastic. So you've been on the field for a long time. How many Christmases have you been in Africa for? Or are you are you are you in Africa or are you normally here for Christmas? We, lately we've been here for Christmas because of our kids being in the States now and our parents are older, so we've been spending more of our Christmases here. But when our kids were little, when we lived in the village, that was our we still has our favorite Christmas memories in Africa where when we were living in Nigeria in the village and one of the biggest traditions that was so neat there was at midnight, all the churches, not just our Lutheran church, we would meet and then we would sing choruses all through the village and we would stop at various places and pray. And you had to be careful because it was dark. You had to make sure you got with the right group. I, I met, yeah, if you didn't start out with them, if you got up too late, you took a little nap and now you're trying to find your group, that could be oh, problematic. No. But it was so special to sing at the Jesus is Born throughout the village and to pray at different places. And then they would go have their church service uh, right after we went seeing so after midnight. Then the next morning, the tradition was that you made your own family, sort of like a Thanksgiving dinner. It was like your Christmas big dinner. Mm -hmm. And what we did is we always made extra and then people would come over and we would just, we would eat or have people coming and going from our house until the food was gone. <laughs> when the food was gone, we'd just say, well, it's gone. And then we would get, go out. Everybody would dress up in their Christmas outfits. And then you'd go out and visit. And everybody would offer you something, you know, that they still had food left or they had a, a bottle of pop. Usually we came home just stuffed. <laughs> but we got to get around and see everybody. And, and that was just so special. That was our special Christmas. We really enjoyed in the village and when you get into the city we're now in the city 
it, it sometimes is a different feel living in the city than most of the Christmases we have spent in Ghana were again we're with our church members. Mm-hmm. And but again, everybody's more spread out. It's not as you're not feeling you're part of that community so much. Yeah. But so it's a different between village and Christmas, city Christmases. Yeah. What does Christmas look like in the church for you in Ghana? Is it pretty similar to how we have Advent and Christmas? Here? Yes, they do have Advent services. And they're working on a Ghanaian hymnal right now. But Ooh. we've used for years the just the TLH. Um, and they realized they need to do something different. And, but even so, I've been surprised how much they love the TLH. They love a lot of the favorite hymns mm. that some ways we take for granted but they feel they are very attached to and we have some good musicians also a sort of a, a mix of having an electric organ having a keyboard having a guitar and trumpet and a, a drum set uh-huh. and it all seems to work <laughs> <laughs> and again i like i said before they love to dance oh. and so but they'll somehow take a hymn from the tlh and it's they completely make it their own yeah. You know, so it's it's really special. That would be so fun to be a part of. It is. <laughs> and you you it, it they are and very outgoing people, very dynamic. Uh, their worship is dynamic also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are some of the favorite hymns? Are there favorite hymns oh, that they yeah. like to sing? Well, the other thing they do is when they celebrate birthdays. Ooh. And so people on their birthday get to say, I want to sing this hymn. Oh, I like um, that. <laughs> so the, the, And everybody kind of gets to know some of the special hymns. And why can't I come up with it right off the top of my head? But one of those hymns that I've always sang is so beautiful is How Great Thou Art, that somehow the way they sing it, it seems to me more prayer-like, huh. you know, Oh, Lord, my God, you know, your dear is a prayer mm-hmm. and the way that they sing it and they are so serious and uh, prayerful in the way they sing it, it, it. I recognize it right off what this is a beautiful prayer. Mm-hmm. So that certainly is one of their favorite. Beautiful Savior is another one. We mm-hmm. often end the, the service with beautiful Savior. A lot of the pastors like to get up and say, we don't know anyone as beautiful as our Savior. He's our beautiful Savior. And so yeah, they do love those hymns out of the TLH. Mm-hmm. Now, before we're, before we're done, we have to go back to the Christmas food because Andy's not here today, but he loves to talk about food. So this is, this is for you, Andy. What kind of Christmas food do you guys have? Because you mentioned you were stuffed after having yes. Christmas food. <laughs> well, it's interesting that for Christmas, they eat rice. Uh-huh. And so we would make, and but the sauce over it, they call it like red stew because it's more of a tomato base with a chicken with chicken in it. Okay, and yeah, you put the the bones in it. I mean, they eat the bones, it, so you don't take the chicken meat off the bones. You just cut up the chicken. You try to have as many little pieces of chicken with the bone as possible because you're feeding a lot of people. Yeah, you know, so you may not get much of a piece of chicken, but it's always good if it's still got the bone in it because that's part of making it a good piece of chicken. And so <laughs> but it's a red sauce that that's that's the common. So I used to have a house helper that she would make the sauce in advance for me so that she wouldn't have to work on Christmas. And I'm not very, you know, she'd be better at it would be a much better sauce if she made it. So <laughs> she would make it with the chicken in advance and then I would just have the rice to make that day. So I made it easy. Mm-hmm. Oh, it sounds so good. Any are there are there like an equivalent of Christmas cookies, Christmas treats 
No, that's oh, a funny thing because people in West Africa really don't do bread. They Now, they have bread because they learned it from the British. Uh-huh. They were a British colony, and they they have loaves of bread, but that's not something native to them at all. And though when I would make banana bread, sometimes that was what I would do is something special, but it was completely a Western thing that they only saw from me was making bananas. Cause they, they grew bananas there. Mm-hmm. Bananas was native but no way, and they didn't have ovens like where we have to make. Right. I've had lots of times, I made you know, like cornbread and shared it with people. And they're like, oh, this is so good. You got to teach my wife how to make this. And then I'm like, do you have an oven? No. You know, and I know there's ways of making an oven. I haven't gotten into that, but I know they would love it. But it's not really an African thing, even though they enjoy it. That's so interesting. Wow. So many things to learn. And so I, I wish we had another half hour to talk <laughs> about all of this. So such interesting things. It's so wonderful, Joyce, to have you in studio to catch up, to hear your stories about the women's group and Christmas. And so this has just been wonderful. Where can we learn more about you and, and your husband and your work? Where can we follow that online? I think on the LCMS website, if you just look for Joyce.Erber at lcms.org and my husband also david.erber at lcms.org mm-hmm. you can find our our page that tells more about our work perfect and we'll put links to the to your giving page in the show notes so people can find that as well so thanks so much for joining me today well, thank you sarah this has been very helpful thank you <laughs> joyce erber serving the lord in ghana you're listening to the coffee hour i'm sarah golseth The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere.